Hi, my name is Allie Pierce, and you are listening to Mike Check, a movie musical review podcast. Hey, queens, it's Allie. I just want to take a minute to thank all of you for listening to the Sound of Music episode last week or a couple weeks ago. It really was my favorite episode thus far, and I feel like I'm finally getting into the groove of some of the things with the podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you. We are coming up on Thanksgiving, which is one of my favorite holidays. I am actually making my family's Thanksgiving dinner, which I both love doing, and also it scares me so bad. So hopefully some of you can listen to this if you're cooking your Thanksgiving dinner. Um, But truly, I will be in the trenches tomorrow. But I just wanted to say thank you to you guys for listening and supporting me. There aren't very many of you like at all, but I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to me because as dumb as it sounds, this podcast really has given me a creative outlet that allows me to be productive and not just sit and do nothing. Um, And I'm so thankful for the push it has given me to increase my own knowledge about theater and about podcasting and about so many other things and for the opportunity it's given me to connect with my friends. So I wanted to say thank you for that. And thank you, especially if you've been on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Even though it's not even Thanksgiving, by the time I hear you guys hear this, it will be tomorrow. But if you guys know me, I have fully had my Christmas decorations up since November 1st. And I wish I wish I was joking. Like, I seriously put them up the day after Halloween. But that means that it is Christmas movie madness season. For those of you who are unfamiliar, every year I put together a bracket of my favorite Christmas movies so that I make sure to watch all of them. And then I post polls on my Instagram story where you guys can go vote on the movies until we have a Christmas movie champion. So be sure to go look at my Instagram, which is at Allie S. Pierce, and see my stories and watch all the movies along with me and vote so we can see which one wins. Happy Thanksgiving, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Bye! Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode. I'm so excited to get started this week. Our movie this week is Dreamgirls, period. Anyways, and our guest is Mr. Lehi Moran. Moran? Correct? Okay, I'm like, I said that, it came out of my mouth and I was like, POV, that's wrong. POV actually said my name before. (laughs) Well, I've heard it, but like... It's because Snapchat reads it to me and goes, Lehi Morin, <laughs> which I know is wrong. Anyways, Lehi Moran. Okay, so I'm going to introduce you with the story of how you met. <laughs> is it, is it, is it, You'll hear. I'm you'll so hear. Excited. Okay, so Lee and, Lehi and I met each other freshman year because we were both choral music ed majors. And there are two versions of this story. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like, the story of how we became friends, I slid into his DMs when he posted about the presidential (laughs) debate, (laughs) because, so we could bond over being Utah Democrats, (laughs) but before, and then we, like, became friends over that, but before that, I encountered Lehigh for the first time at freshman orientation. At our school, there are, like, letters that spell out T-Bird, which is the (laughs) mascot of our school. And except you're the I. Mm-hmm. And so you, anyways. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but so they move them all around campus so you can take pictures with them as like a photo op. Normally they have them like for orientation, the first day of school, whatever. 
So Lehigh was taking pictures, like his pictures with the T-Bird sign before me mm-hmm. on orientation day. And I remember you took so long. <laughs> you and your friends were taking so long to take pictures. And I remember being so annoyed. And beyond that, you wouldn't stop talking about the baseball scene from Twilight. I And at the <laughs> I know at the time I had I still haven't seen Twilight, but I've at least watched the baseball scene. I know, I know. I've literally been to Forks and I've never seen Twilight. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Anyways, and I was like, this kid is so annoying. He's taking so long to take this picture and he won't stop talking about Twilight. (laughs) And my roommate was with me at the time and she noticed that the color of his wristband was the same color as my wristband, which meant we were in the same college (laughs) and the same orientation group at the university. And I thought to myself, like, great, I'm going to be stuck with this kid (laughs) for the next four years. But, you know what, good news, two and a half years later, we are literally the, the, the best of friends, such, such good friends, and we've traveled together, we went and saw Casey Musgraves in Denver this year, it was pretty sick, crazy couple oh, days, yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like we have both grown so much over the past two and a half years into, like, some pretty cool people, I would say. And I'm so grateful to have you as my friend. And, like, guys, everyone needs a friend like Lehigh because, seriously, he is my hype man. He is my cheerleader. Like, if I'm having a bad day, you know I'm you know I'm going to Snapchat Lehigh <laughs> and he's going to hype me up and be like, girl, you're so much better than this. And, like, everyone deserves a friend like Lehigh and I'm so grateful for him. So, that is this week's guest. He came up so we could see Bernadette Peters because we bought tickets back in like June. We just yeah. recorded <laughs> we just recorded a bonus episode that will come out after this one. But um to talk about Bernadette Peters a little more. But we're starting recording this at eleven forty five PM. I just wanna say that. These podcast episodes take two hours to record. <laughs> so We'll see where we are. I'm an owl. It's fine. Well, it'll be fine. I have water. I'm not that tired. I was actually up until like three yesterday. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Anyways, doing, doing this. Dream girls, yeah. Because I put it off. <laughs> I love that for you. So, yeah, this morning I finished dream, watching Dream Girls. Oh, wow. Okay. So, for those of you who have filled out my Google form um, for applications to be on the podcast, first of all, <laughs> thank you for doing that. Honestly, that has made the hugest difference because now I have guests signed up for like the next like two months probably. Wow. I know. It's impressive. It's I mean that's only like eight people, but I've like anyways, but if you want to be on the podcast, please go fill out that form. It is in my bio. But um on that form I have like a list of like 30 musicals or something, and you picked actually, no, you didn't fill it out. Mm-mm. I'm just remembering that. I just asked Lehigh was like, one of the original guests. When I was like, I'm going to do this podcast, he was one of the first people I thought of to be on it. So I gave Lehigh free range. He didn't have to pick from the list. He just got to pick whatever he wanted. And well, you gave me a list. I Well, I gave him a list, but it was more exhaustive than the list that's on. Yeah. It, there's more stuff on that than on the form. Mm-hmm. So why did you pick Dream Girls? Um, I think... Hold up. I feel like I have to pull up our text messages real quick. I have to see what other options you sent me and what I originally had wanted because... I think you sent me back like three other choices. I narrowed it down to Hello Dolly, Hairspray, and Moulin Rouge, West Side Story. 
Mary Poppins, Cabaret, and American in Paris, Dreamgirls in the last five years. And then I remembered I don't actually, I like last five years, but like. I've never seen it. From the, like, I just don't like it. because I, I, I like it, it, but I don't like it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like Greatest Showman vibes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I really, I really love Moulin Rouge. But I was like, I was like, I remember that you didn't. We're not going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. That's so for another, I, that's, that's for a future episode. Yeah, that's why I didn't, that's why I didn't think it again. And then I was like, Cabaret's a little too intense for me sometimes. Yeah. And then I didn't really feel like watching James Corden. <laughs> James Corden. And so I picked Dreamgirls because Dreamgirls actually goes really hard. So. Cool. Well, I have something to admit. I watched Dreamgirls for the first time this week. I'm so proud of you. I have never seen it until Thursday when I watched it. And before that, my only exposure to Dreamgirls was when um, Mercedes (laughs) sang, um, and I'm telling you I'm not going, and it's all over in Glee. And honestly, go watch that. Glee moments that altered your (laughs) chemistry. It's in the first season of Glee. Okay, so the like, this is not a Glee podcast. If you want to listen to a Glee podcast, go listen to Recovering Gleek. But... In the first season of Glee, and over and over again, it's a recurring theme that, like, Rachel gets every single solo and everything she ever wants, and Mercedes doesn't. And so, it's much like this film. And so, Mercedes sings, and I'm telling you I'm not going, in, like, the first season. Like, Rachel, like, young. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what's-his-face Matt is still in the club when she sings it. (laughs) I always forget Matt. Matt literally disappears after, like, four episodes, but... And it's so good. So you should go watch that. But that was my only exposure to Dreamgirls until this week. But I watched it and I really liked it. So have you ever seen this show on stage? I'm going to hope not because we live in Utah. Oh, yeah. You do have a point there. <laughs> no, but I I wish I wish I have. I would go somewhere else and see it. Okay. <laughs> I have a friend in, from high school. What are you about to say? <laughs> okay. This is, like, one of her go-to, like, sing songs. Like, she would sing it all the time. Uh-huh. Like, I'm, and I'm not telling I you. But she's also Hispanic, just like me. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Um, but she 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 would never perform it in front of people. She just said, I just like to sing it in my No, car. that's how I feel about... Oh, should I say this on the podcast? Mm, probably not. Don't expose yourself like that. There are just some songs where I'm like, I can really appreciate the art of it. And I would never sing it on a stage. But I'm like, I'm not... I'm truly just appreciating yeah. the art, you know? Yeah, it's like how I have a better chance of playing Maria than I do in, of Tony in West Side Story. Yeah, you know? for real. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, but I've never seen it on stage, yeah, obviously. I, I, would kill to, I would kill to see it on stage. I think it would be so fun on yeah. stage. Okay, but I'm going to start with some show facts from the stage show. The Dreamgirls opened on Broadway on December 20th of 1981. It ran until August 11th of 1985 and has had seven subsequent tours and revivals, both on Broadway as well as on the West End. It won six Tony Awards in 1982, including the award for Best Book, Best Choreography, and Best Lighting Design. The original Broadway cast recording won two Grammys, and I'm Telling You I'm Not Going made it to number one on the Billboard R&B chart in 1982. Okay, so then some movie facts. The film was released on December 4th of 2006. Bill Condon wrote, both wrote and directed the movie. Bill Condon is really accomplished, and I think he's a name we'll become really familiar with on the podcast. 
Um, he has directed or written screenplays of lots of movies and movie musicals, including Chicago, the live action Beauty and the Beast, The Greatest Showman, and fun fact, um, Breaking Dawn Part One and Part Two. <laughs> A full circle moment. A full circle <laughs> moment, for sure. I had to put that in there. I was like, that was too funny. Um, filming began on January 6th. Um, anyways, January 6th of 2006. <laughs> and concluded on April 8th of 2006. And was mainly shot on a soundstage in LA, but was also shot in Detroit, Miami, and New York City. The cost of production was $80 million. Mm. Uh, it grossed $155.4 million. The notable cast members. Um, this truly is an all-star cast, but yeah. at the time, I wouldn't say all the cast members were as famous as they are now. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I would 100% agree with that. Okay, Except so... Beyonce. Yeah. Beyonce <laughs> is Dina Jones. Um, you guys obviously know who Beyonce is, but the only other musical she's ever been in, other than her vocal... Like, this is the only musical she's been in where she's acted. This is her first movie ever, also. Yeah. Um, but her vocals were also in the live action Lion King, but like, she's mostly a singer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you guys don't know that about Beyonce, uh, <laughs> anyways. Okay. And then Jamie Foxx plays Curtis Taylor Jr. Jamie Foxx is actually like so famous. He's a recording artist as well as an actor. Um, what I know him from best is he's Electro in the Amazing Spider-Man 2. And he's also been in the most recent Spider-Man movie. Um, he's Joe in Pixar's Soul. Nico in Rio. (laughs) This list. I love doing these lists because it really shows how uncultured I am. But it's so funny to me. Um, And then my favorite role of him is Mr. Sachs, a.k.a. Daddy Warbucks in the 2014 Annie. He eats in that role. He kills it in that role. And I can't wait to do that on the pod because I love that movie. That's my favorite. That's my favorite version of Annie. (laughs) It's so good. Um... Eddie Murphy is James Thunder Early. Both Eddie Murphy and Jamie Foxx were the top picks for casting Eddie for like for the movie. When when they like greenlighted the film, they were like the two that were like for sure they're gonna be in it. Eddie Murphy is a comedian and actor whose film credits include The Dad in Haunted Mansion, Mushu in Mulan, and Donkey in the Shrunk Truck franchise. <laughs> then Danny Glover is Marty Madison. Um, I have not seen any of the movies he is in, except for this 2010 movie that's an animated movie about wolves falling in love called Alpha and Omega. Oh my gosh. Have you seen that? Yes. <laughs> um, I think he, about that movie on the daily. He plays Winston, which is the leader of the Western pack. But he's also Milo Walker in the Jumanji movies, which I haven't seen. And he's been in like a bajillion action movies, which I'm guessing you can gather I'm not really an action movie person. So I haven't seen most of them. Then we have Jennifer Hudson as Effie White, Queen Jennifer Hudson, moment of silence. (laughs) (laughs) She's still alive, (laughs) but she's awesome. Um, She was on American Idol in 2004. She didn't win, but she got mega famous because of it. She's been in several movie musicals, including she was Grizabella in Cats. She kind of ate that. She was Miss Nana Nude in Sing, (laughs) um, aka Carol Ann (laughs) Modisett. She Stop. is. <laughs> she was Motormouth Maybell in Hairspray Live, and most recently she played Aretha Franklin in the Aretha Franklin biopic Aretha. And then Anika Nani Rose is Laurel Robinson. Anika Nani Rose is a, is in a lot like a decent amount of movies, 
But the role I best know her from is Tiana in Princess and the Frog. <laughs> okay, and then I have a quick little synopsis. I think maybe I'm trying to decide if I want to keep synopsis as synopsi. Is that the plural of synopsis? I don't know. <laughs> synopsis feels wrong. S's. Um, but here's a little quick synopsis. Okay. Detroit, the early 1960s. Curtis Taylor Jr., a car salesman, breaks into the music business with big dreams. He signs a trio of young women, the Dreamettes, gets them a job backing an R&B performer, James Thunder Early, establishes his own record label, and starts wheeling and dealing. When Early flames out, Curtis makes the Dreamettes into headliners as the Dreams, but not before demoting their hefty, big-voiced lead singer, Effie White, and putting the softer-voiced looker, Dina Jones, in front. Soon after, he fires Effie, sends her into a life of proud poverty, and takes Dina and the dreams to the top. How long can Curtis stay there, and will Effie ever get her due? That was one from IMDb, and I'm like, <laughs> what a little, like, back of the book. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, did you Synopsis. <laughs> I'm actually a writer. <laughs> Most of these, I, well, because I didn't know the movie well enough when yeah. I put this together that I could write it, so... Okay, and then I have some fun facts and behind-the-scenes stuff. The film and original Broadway musical are based heavily on The Supremes, later known as Diana Ross and The Supremes. Mm -hmm. So throughout the movie, I kind of was, like, Googling who mm -hmm. was who. Because, yeah. like, the Jackson 5 is totally in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Curtis Taylor Jr. represents Motown founder Barry, Barry Gordy. If you guys have seen the John Mulaney special where he talks about... A whole hundred dollars for all of my songs? Where do I sign, Mr. Barry Gordy? John, I know. It was a different time. It I was, was a fan of it, his in yeah, 2017 when he loved his wife. But <sighs> It's hard times. <laughs> both men worked in the automotive, automotive industry before focusing on music and integrated aspects of the automotive business into, music making, into the music making process. Both were romantically involved with the lead singer of their label's most successful female group. Effie's departure from the group closely matches Florence Ballard, whose voice was much more powerful than Diana Ross's, which I love Diana Ross. So I kind of do too. I'm a Diana Ross stan. You guys catch me at karaoke ever, you know I'm singing Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. That's one of So good. That's like mine and my coworkers. My mom song. and I sing it in the oh car. My gosh. <laughs> Um, then the screenwriter and director Bill Condon instructed Jennifer Hudson to show up late to the set every day to understand Effie's diva behavior. So she was late every day. She was like very much method actor for this. Um, Jamie Foxx initially declined to pay to play Curtis Taylor Jr. because the salary offered was insufficient. <laughs> Denzel Washington was offered the part after Fox but declined because he can't sing. And then once Beyonce and Eddie Murphy were attached to the production, Fox rethought his decision and accepted the role. Anika Nani Rose had to wear six-inch heels while filming the title musical number to appear in frame with Beyonce and Jennifer Hudson. Rose is 5'2", Knowles is 5'7", and Hudson is 5'9". So, like, if you ever look at her, like, shoes, she's wearing some high heels. Um... Bill Condon scheduled, and I'm telling you, I'm not going as the last scene to give Jennifer Hudson the most time possible to grow into her character. So, which is really thoughtful, because there are some movie musicals that don't do that. 
Bill Condon attended the opening night performance of the original Broadway production at the Imperial Theater in New York City on December 20th, 1981. So he's been a stand since the beginning. And then my last fact is that Usher was the first choice for the role of C.C. White, but turned it down due to scheduling conflicts. Omarion was also briefly considered. Omarion's from, um, what's that band called? I don't know. The, the band that sings Hey Ya. <laughs> I don't like that song. Fun fact. Can I give my two cents fun fact in here? Yeah. Throw you know it they in. they barely avoided a lawsuit. Really? Yeah. Because of because of the how Supremes? closely yeah how closely it resembled the Supremes. They denied it. Well, but... here's the deal. It's based off the musical, so like. Yeah, that's like the the Did musical. The musical? Bar- yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, it was, it was either the movie, movie or, or the musical. musical. One of them barely avoided a lawsuit, though. Um, but. Why can't you base something off of true events? Isn't everything based off of true events? Like everything has happened. Oh, once, it was the know? it was the producers and Paramount. Interesting. Almost like yeah. So there's your fun little fact from me. Fun little fact. Okay, so then we'll just go into our notes chronologically. Yeah, okay. So the movie starts off at the music competition with two women storming out because they refuse to work with Curtis Taylor Jr. Understandable. Yeah. Understandable. For real. Um, But the lighting design in this opening scene where they're performing, it's impeccable. It's so good. It's so good. I'm like, the lighting design throughout this whole movie is insane. Um, The shots from the performer's perspective, especially where the Mm. the lights are shining on them and they have the silhouettes of their bodies. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Um, then we see the Dreamettes come mm-hmm. in, and Beyonce looks so young. Yeah. So young. Yeah. I, like, hardly recognized her because she looked so young. Yeah. Um, Beyonce lost 20 pounds for this role. Oh, my gosh. And she, like, obviously put it on. And then um, Jennifer Hudson gained 20 pounds for the role. <laughs> Last. <laughs> and then, so they come on, and then mm-hmm. they meet Jamie Foxx before they go on stage. And I'm just gonna say this, gonna put this out here. Jamie Foxx is so sexy. Stop. I will not take it back. <laughs> this is, <laughs> if you guys have ever watched the We Are the World for Haiti music video, Jamie Foxx is in it, and <laughs> oh he's gosh. really hot in it. And he's also really hot in Annie. Love my man, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> It's really giving he, daddy a, war bucks. It's giving daddy, daddy war bucks. But, um, and then because Jennifer Hudson put on weight, she really didn't look like I, I because I hadn't seen the movie, mm-hmm. I like saw her and I was like, that's not Jennifer Hudson. She does not look like herself. But the way they like designed their yeah. characters and their makeup, they very much look like women from the 60s. Yeah. Like they don't look like women of today, which I think is rare. I feel like. In makeup and costume design. They always try to, like, like modernize it. They always modernize bit. it a little bit to, like, connect with the audience a little more. But yeah. I'm like, this it's really like, gave vibes of, like, these like are the women peri- in the It's like the period drama half up, half down. Her, dude, exactly. They always try yeah. to modernize it just a little bit. But then at one point we hear Anika Nani Rose's voice for the first time. And I'm like, Princess Tiana? Is that <laughs> you? I cannot hear her voice and not hear Tiana. Yeah. But from the get-go... Effie's diva attitude is serving. Yeah. It is like, like I, I know she might be hard to work with. I know, like she's got to be so hard to work with. Is, but the attitude she has is what I hope I carry with me. This is such, a, this is such like a like such um this is such a music major thing to say. But <laughs> I'm so excited. She she reminds me of a lot of other people, but specifically she reminds me of like the way that our music teachers will talk about Kathleen Battle. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> For real though, like she, 
It's cheese ca- serving. <laughs> she, I, I kind of love it. My first note that I had about this scene was OMG Beyonce. That's all I wrote. For real? She looks so young and she doesn't look like herself. I just love Beyonce. Me she's, too. She's always in my top five, like Spotify wrapped. I love Queen. Cuff It by Beyonce. Go stream Cuff Go It stream right Cuff now. Go stream Cuff It right now. It is like, so good. I'm not like a super fan of Beyonce. <laughs> but um I not because I don't want to be, just because I didn't grow up listening to Beyonce very much. But like I love her. Thank goodness for TikTok so I can like discover these songs. Okay, and then before the dreams go on stage, the dreamettes at this point. I think is it Jamie Foxx? No, that strokes Dina's lower back. I don't, I don't it know who it's not Jamie Foxx. It's not Jamie Foxx, it's, it's some, some random, random guy. guy. <laughs> but I would just like to take a moment to talk about men who feel the need to touch women just for shits and giggles. Because yeah. there are so many men that instead of saying excuse me, Don't they'll just... touch the small of a woman's back and move physically move her out of their way. If you're a man that does that, stop it. It's That's so weird. What if I just came up to you and just like literally touched your butt and moved you out of the way? That's so weird. There's no need to do it. So... And, but, like, Effie is not having it. Yeah. She was like, girl, anyways. And so I'm just taking that moment to say, don't do that. Men, yeah, stop period. it. Or, like, grabbing women's arms. You can just talk to them. They, mm-hmm. they don't need to be, like, caressed. Okay? Anyways. But the Dreamettes hit the stage with Move Right Out of My Life. What are your thoughts on this song? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack a little bit with okay. this. Just because just I feel like I need to insert. the So far... I love this opening, but the thing that stands out to me about this opening is Beyonce going, turn the wigs around. <laughs> yes, the turn the wigs around. Turn the wigs around. Like, we need to have a look. She, turn thought, the wigs she around. thought she ate with that one. She really did. And they were like, what? Oh, it's, it's not Beyonce. It's Dina. Dina, turn the wigs around. I, there was a point in my life where I would quote that line, like, turn the wigs around. All the time. She's like, turn the wigs around. Uh. It's just, it stands out. Okay, anyways. um, Also, I didn't, I just like, that's also one thing I wanted to talk about is I wrote in, <laughs> I wrote here for myself that um, Effie like stopping the man from oh yeah that. period like call her what you want she a diva yeah yeah girls but like protecting girls, girls yeah period um I love move right out of my life it's the fact that <laughs> it's the fact that they like I love the way they structured it it's the fact that Beyonce is on soprano and. Um, Rose is on mezzo where and mm-hmm. Jennifer's singing lead. It's just I feel like their voices fit so Move well together. Right out of my life. And I love I love the choreography. I literally my note is the choreography. It's just it's so it's so like kind of peppy like 60s schoolgirl kind I of thing. I felt like the choreography is like me and my friends pulling up to karaoke. Yeah. That was yeah. what we're that's it what we're pulling up. It felt like me and my homies filming a TikTok dance. For real. It's just so fun. That's we got to make that a TikTok trend. We're going to film that right after this. Move right. That will take so much time to learn that dance. <laughs> we're going to have to learn 10 seconds of it. That's true. I, I really, really like this number. Me too. Um, Jennifer Hudson has such an incredible voice. And their perform- like them as a group, mm-hmm. their performance quality is insane. Yeah. And they like blow the roof off the building. And I can only imagine seeing this live. Like that is just such a great start. It's so good. Yeah. And I feel like... It's just... Oh, I yeah. can't even describe it. I, I just think it's very, very this good. This is also such like a 
Like, I want to meet the casting team. For because real, these they did three, a These three are perfectly job. cast with each other. I would agree. I think this is like, I can't think the of any other. The chemistry between the yeah, three Yeah, I don't of think them. of any other three that could play them. I would totally, totally agree with that. Do you have any more thoughts on that song? Uh, I just, I just. It's good. It's, it's good. You guys, go listen to the playlist I make from this podcast because these songs are really, really yeah. freaking good. So after that, Jamie Foxx pays some guy to make sure that the Dreamettes don't win so he can basically prey on the insecurities of these poor women and probably pay them way less than they're worth to yeah. sing back up for a literal sexual drug addicted predator. Yeah. But I digress. Yeah. <laughs> um, Effie knows something's up, I would I would say. Yeah. I get the vibe that like she knew someone was up, but after Curtis is all like suave to her, then she agrees to do it. And this touches on something. Where women who are not conventionally attractive, mm. the second that they are given, like, this is not against Effie. This is against the system. Yeah. The the second they are given attention from a man who is conventionally attractive or who is powerful or whatever, they often fall down on a lot of their morals because they're like, oh, male validation is literally crack cocaine. And ladies, I do it too. There are so many men in my life that I let treat me the way I should. I do not deserve to be treated because of this like issue. But this is just a reminder that male validation is not any better or worse than any other kind of validation. Okay, so Curtis, there's that. Yeah, Curtis gives me the ick. I Curtis does give me the ick. But after that, we're taken to Early's dressing room. So Eddie Murphy's dressing room yeah. before his show. And I just gotta say, it's kind of weird hearing Donkey's voice. <laughs> yeah, no, I. It took me. I I love this movie. I watch it like once a month, mm-hmm. but every single time I watch it, I forget that it's Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. And so it takes me like the first forty minutes of the movie to get into to his get voice. into his voice because he, I never hear him play like a serious character. He's always just like some comic character. Yeah. So hearing him like actually portray a person is so weird. But then early performs Fake Your Way to the Top with the girls. And Eddie Murphy's voice is way better than I was expecting. Yeah, he like, has a great voice. I was like, did he do his own singing for the movie? I mean, he did. But like, he did a good yeah. job with this. And this song kind of reminds me of Run and Tell That from Hairspray. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Um, And during the song, we get a good old-fashioned montage of the girls going on tours with the, uh, with the other performers. And period Aunt Ethel... Stopping early yeah. from being a sexual harass like predator. Yeah. And then period Laurel from stopping Jimmy from cheating on his wife at first. 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 We'll talk about that. We'll later. talk about it later. <laughs> but the song was so good. And I again I just this whole musical is yeah. just like seeing it on stage would be electrifying. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Okay. Um my first thing that I love about this scene, like the lead up to the song, is that it's like they're all arguing, and Dina kind of steps in, and she's, like, the quiet... You know, she's really quiet at first, mm-hmm. but she starts kind of, like, being Dina, you know? And mm-hmm. she's kind of, like, a not... I don't know. I think that's one thing that's foreshadowed from the start, is because at this point, she's, like, kind of rallying them and being, like, the natural leader. She's like, come on, guys, it'll come be fine. Yeah, and she just... She's, like, the reason that... Also, Effie's saying, I don't do backup. Period. That's also, that, me. That, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> that fur coat she was wearing, too. I, I wrote, like... The fur coat. Fur coat. I, I kind of love her fur coats. The women at Bernadette tonight that were wearing these fur coats. Yeah. Like, these old ladies rolling up in their mink. I'm yeah. like, girl. <laughs> I, I really, I love this song. And it, oh, my note said, I forgot Eddie Murphy was in this for real, for real. For real, for real. Like, the beginning of the song you hear it and you're like, mm, this is a banger. And then you're like, that's Eddie Murphy. <laughs> 
that's donkey. Oh, this one's one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The I thought this one's this is I can't I can't remember I can never I never didn't write down the name of this one. This one's the one where they like he gives he, them the pitches and then they. Oh sing. yeah, and they're like. Yeah, I love the way that they all sing that. The round and around. It, yeah, because it really it shows their, their characters. characters. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I literally wrote that. I said the way they all sing the phrase "round and around" is a perfect example of their characters. And he's like, oh shit, I knew yeah, you could like, do that. <laughs> no, I don't even put that in. Kind of low-key, I really do a little bit. For real. As the, as the resident plus-size whaler. Period. Like, I don't know. I just love the way that they did that. Because, like, Rose is... Oh, sorry. Names. Laurel's is just, like, so... It's just so, like, reserved like she is. And then Dina's is kind of just, like... <laughs> and then she's, like... kind of... Dina's kind of eats. and like. <laughs> And then, and then Evie just comes in and slams. She it. brings the house down. Mm. I really do like this song though, and the montage they do is really. I just really, really can't separate him from Donkey. <laughs> Me neither. It's so weird hearing his voice in like a serious way. So I just love um, Rose's acting range. Yeah. Period. <laughs> like this montage, the whole time I was like, she's so good at playing ditzy, and then you remember like she played Tiana. She's she's literally the OG girl boss. Yeah. But this came out before that. Yeah. Like three years yeah. before. Yeah. But like Did you know this may be this may be false. I think Beyonce was supposed to play Princess Tiana, but she wouldn't audition. So then the role went to Anika Rose. I love Beyonce, but I'm glad it went to I, Anika. Me too. Like Beyonce would have brought such different vibes to the character. So um, after that, we are taken to a blues club with a conversation between Effie and Dina. And this conversation, Dina tells Effie that she should be a little more shy and sweet to boys so that they'll like her. And Effie says, H no. This conversation reminds me of so many conversations that I've had with like members of my family and like you should smile more. People that I oh um where they're telling you like oh you should like tone down your personality or like hide this about yourself at first and then boys will like you and then and then by the time it's like the trope of like oh by the time they they realize how crazy you are then you're in too deep like oh it kills me and I just am going to say this I this is my soapbox episode I guess if you are listening to this and you have been told that you should tone down your personality or you should hide things about yourself that is a lie mm. do not fall for it you deserve as a person the comfort of being your full self all the time regardless of how others feel about it you do not deserve to sit in discomfort because it makes other people happy okay anyways um, but that conversation <laughs> emphasizes that a woman is cut out to be more than just someone's wife and like that is I'm tying this to little women like Women are made for more than just loving, okay? They have minds and they have hearts. <laughs> okay, but... Period. Also, yeah. So that's my soapbox. Why are all these men cheating on their wives? Yeah, that's literally <laughs> what I thought too. Why is that so normal to like cheat on their wives? And the, and the women are okay with it. They're like, you're cheating on your wife with me? Sure, that's fine. What the hell? That's maybe, so maybe weird. Maybe it's a Utah culture in us. No, that we just, I don't know. I don't <laughs> that know we're judgmental? We're, yeah, we're judgmental. <laughs> I would judge someone for cheating on their wife. I really would too. And all they do is objectify these women. Yeah. And also be mean to Cece. Don't appreciate being mean yeah. to the little brother. It's the fact that Laurel was like, I'm a grown woman. Yeah, and for she's real. she's barely 18. I'm a grown woman. Let me do what I want. Okay, and then after that, Cece sits down and starts playing Cadillac. What do you think about this song? Okay, I am not the biggest fan of Cadillac, but I see the plot importance in it. Like, yeah, 
Also, the dude that sings the I got me a Cadillac. That's, I have notes on that later. <laughs> but um, I wrote, yeah, this song really isn't anything special to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I just feel like, I hate to say this. I know it would be so much. Actually, I don't hate to say this. I retract that statement. It would be so much better if the women were singing lead on it and not early. Yeah. Like I kind of hate when anyone but the girl sings. I know. I'm like, um, they're like oohs and ahs in the background. You are not paying Jennifer Hudson to sing I, oohs and ahs. I love the faces she makes when she's singing background too. She just looks so tired of it. She looks so... I'm, she's like period. me. She's like me for real. I, like when altos get put on like one line. I'm it's like... It's giving tenors is... during Christmas music. I'm, I feel bad for you guys. Year round. I'm sorry. Year round. Three, six, five. Meanwhile, I'm suffering during Christmas. Actually, I'm a soprano. So I get the melody oh, yeah. now. You're, you're a soprano now. You're in your soprano era. I'm in my soprano era. Um, Preface, I met, when I met Ali, she was the queen of altos. I would like to consider myself still the queen, queen of altos, but my voice teacher has different opinions on that. So I am now mayor see, of Sopranoville. I see where she's coming from, though. I see where she is, too. Once she explained it to me, it makes sense. Yeah. But, like, for a minute, I was like, girl, I'm hitting C's below middle C, and you're, I'm, I'm a soprano? I don't think so. But now I, I get it. Yeah. I'm like, as a resident, sit in my lower chest voice when I speak tenor, I get where she's coming from. That's me. Whew. Um... But I love the saxophone instrumentation in this song. Yeah. I think it's very good. Again, I lo- that's technically a woodwind, isn't it, though? Yeah. I was like, I love a brass, but that's not even brass. Yeah, it's just a woodwind. Saxophone is good. But after that, we see, like Lehigh said, a cover of Cadillac done by the white artist. And it's, like, super watered down. And it very much gives, like, cool youth pastor vibes. And, like, trying to relate to the kids in their Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> But on, like, a more serious note, it really touches on, like, the systemic oppression yeah. of artists of color who don't get to profit from yeah. their own art because white artists can waltz in, steal it, and no one can say anything about it. And that was especially true at the time, and it's still true now. Yeah. So... Before we get, like, too deep in this, can I give my two cents on this? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, I forget every single time, but I was in a really... I was, oh, it's really embarrassing. I was such a theater kid in high school. Don't let yeah. it be embarrassing. I'm you an, are who you are. I, <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're on my musical theater podcast. But I, I, <laughs> I was like obsessed with Book of Mormon musical. I mean, and I like a couple songs from it. Do you know Turn It Off from the Book of Mormon musical? Um, no, that's. I mean, I've heard it, but yeah. that wasn't one okay, of the ones so I would. Okay, so I forgot what to. the the elder's name is, but the original actor who plays that is the guy that's singing Cadillac Car. And no, if, yeah, that's so funny. I remember. I just like to bring it up because apparently he went in and he auditioned with like. I don't remember what he auditioned with, but it was it was like for I think Dream he, Girls or for for Dream Girls. He went in, I think he not in the audition with an R and B song, but he sang it as spread as possible. He like said he's like I went in with this R and B song and I sang it like a white theater tenor, and then he got the role because that's what he did. Because he he sounds like I was like my only comment is I love that he sounds like a white theater tenor. He seriously does. Also, this is gonna be I don't know who's watching this, but you know what I am. I'm going to say it. White people really never have a single original idea of their own. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Interesting take. I mean, I think I wouldn't go as far to say that. <laughs> I mean, I am I was a white person. <laughs> so I would say this. White people have the power to take things from artists of color, like I said. And artists of color don't have that same power. And so... Me, when I auditioned for community theater and they cast a white tenor over me. Hey, but then... He dropped out. 
That is not the show I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, but that did happen. Yeah, but And also, then you had a little white kid play you as a kid. That was actually really funny. Okay, um, yeah. I feel like... I feel like I have to give back a story on that. So my friend Zach and I did Children of Eden last summer, and I was understudying him, and he's also not a tenor, he's a baritone. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of eating, I was kind of struggling through it. But they cast, who played, who would play young him, because he was able, before, like, beforehand, Mm -hmm. and then he dropped out of the show, like, he had, because he had to. He had some personal things that he had to do, but he dropped out of the show. So I ended up having to step into the role. And the kid who played the kid who played me was white. Like this white little blonde kid that looked like Zach. So every single <laughs> night they would go out and they'd do their little like two minute scene and they'd play like ball. And then I'd come out to replace him in this like beautiful little switch switcheroo. Yeah. And it was always so funny because it was like this little white, this little kid. white kid. And then this like 5'10", like, 300-pound Hispanic man comes out and racism. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, racism really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Theme of this film, racism really sucks. Um, But then after that happens, everyone's pissed about it. So Don't they make a plan, out. Jamie Foxx and Marty... I'm mixing actors' names and characters' names, and I hope you guys like it. Yeah, me too. Um, they make a plan to make enough money to gain power in the music industry so that they can like make their own music and profit off their own music without fear of like losing it to white artists. And this is when they sing Step In to mm. the Bad Side. What do you think about this song? Um, I think I have... Three notes for this. Wait, no. Yeah, three notes for this. Okay. This song reminds me of working at the car wash. No, for real. From 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 Shark Tales. Shark Tales. Yeah. I every time I hear it, um, call me biased, but I prefer the girl numbers. Like when they come in and they start singing, it is so much better. For real, I would totally like they came and they elevated the number. Yep, I would agree. Um, That's my thoughts. The choreography in this song is a vibe, and I think I think the choreography is kind of reminiscent of like West Side Story a little bit, like the Jets and West Side Story. I kind of get a similar vibe. Um, and then the scene is where you this scene once the women step in, you start to see the height difference between Lorel and the other two girls. Like it's really big. Um, but the staging of this song kind of reminds me of the Elvis biopic. Wouldn't you agree? I literally said it reminded me of the Joe House, like... Yeah, the Joe House rock, rock scene. So, yeah, it reminds me of the Elvis biopic, the way they filmed it. Um, and watching this part, I said, I really just can't wait for these girls to break off and become their own show. Like, they... Like you said, they're going to be so much better. But then after the song, um, the fit that Effie pulls up in to yell at Curtis. You know, she's wearing her little pink sweater and the beret. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I'm wearing that fit any day. Like, I love it. And then Effie sings Love You, I Do. And I love this song. Jennifer Hudson knocks it out of the park like she always does. And also, can Curtis make up his mind about which woman yeah. he wants to be with? Because I have thoughts about it later, but man oh man. Okay, what are your thoughts? I said this number is literal perfection. It's so good. 
And also, I hate Curtis. Because he's, like, messing and playing with Dina and Effie right now. I know. I'm and like, I just, neither of them deserve it. We do not pit friends against each other. No, it's it's literally, like, it's it disgusts me a little bit. Because it's, like, at this point, he's, like, been seen canoodling with both of them. Exactly. And I'm like, that like, is so unfair to them. And will, like, really devastate their friendship, probably. I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, he's, I feel like he's, I'm like, I can't even. And he's, isn't he, he married? Used, yeah, I, I don't. No, I think no, he's she not. Okay. But my whole thing is, I'm like, he's literally like, does he even like either of them, or is he just no, using both of them? He's just using both of them. I would say that. Which is why this comes back to me saying Dina was a natural leader earlier because I feel like he started putting all this emotion before he even, before we even realized it. You know, that's yep. why he's pitting them against each other. Ugh. I don't know. I I really I like this song though. It is a good song. I just, she I just does good sucks. do a good job with it. Um, then Marty gets after Curtis for changing Jimmy's tour dates when Curtis got him addition, an audition at a big hotel in Miami. And then once we get to the hotel, you see how racist the industry really was at yeah. the time because, um, he was the first ever black person to black man to sing yeah. at the hotel and they like are making this whole big deal out of it. But then, um, Jimmy and the Dreamettes sing, I want you baby on stage. What do you think? It makes me uncomfy. Yeah, I don't like. <laughs> Not a fan. It's it's just so out of character. For Jimmy, I don't I don't remember who I who I said it for, but it just feels out of character. Interesting. But oh, I, like, probably for. I think it's for the girls. It feels out of yeah. character, but I I know that's the point. You know. Yeah. It just it feels so. Forced. It's the fact that it's so restrained. Yeah. And they're just kind of like they're. They're, they're just there. They're there to. They're they're basically trying to be. As it's like the concept of being like the non-threatening person of color, you know? Yeah. It just feels very oh, held back, and like how they're they're not being true to themselves, and you know, doing the music that they actually mm-hmm. enjoy doing. Yeah. Um. During the song, it's revealed that Jimmy and Laurel have been sleeping together in what seems like a very non-consensual relationship. Like during the rest of the song, Jimmy engages in some really sexual performance techniques. And the crowd is not a fan. Yeah. And they, some of them even get up and leave. And then after the show, the girls are talking about Jimmy and Curtis. And it becomes quite obvious that Effie has changed her tune about relationships in the business. And she's like very, all of a sudden like, oh, Curtis loves me. I think everyone should like be in love. And I hate this. I hate this so much. Because she really like abandoned her things. And that's just not very girl boss of her. And then Curtis comes in to reveal that Jimmy is going back on the road, but the girls get to stay at the hotel and open their own act. Um, but he also informs Effie that Dina will be singing lead. And this is this is Effie's villain origin yeah. story. Um, and Effie's pissed, and Dina doesn't even want to sing lead mm-hmm. necessarily. The reason to switch... The, the reason they switch Dina to lead is because she fits the beauty standard better than Effie does. Yeah. And they think that they will sell more records of them since they'll see her on TV and think she's really pretty. And, of course, Effie's really hurt by Curtis, like, the man she loves, telling her that she's not pretty enough to be on TV and, like, the other girl's prettier. And, like, all her value is tied up in how she looks, even though she's, like, a killer singer. And then we start into the song Family, which has, like, more – it feels like a power ballad to me. (laughs) Like, it gives, like, 80s power ballad vibes. But Keith Robinson in it, the younger brother, he has a very nice voice. Mm-hmm. 
what are your thoughts on this song? Um, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. Okay. I just I just felt like I need to mention it. I love Laurel's moment in this because mm-hmm. she's like she's I love how she switches up on Curtis when she thinks that they're just like getting rid of Jimmy and she's like she's like you're trying to separate us because we're together and yeah. he's like we got you a gig in Miami and she's like oh well that's okay okay I guess I, I just can think take it's that. so funny um I love Effie mm-hmm. she is amazing but I I I don't know I feel like. She was shafted for real, like, mm-hmm. like she she was put in the background, and Dina was promoted just because she was pretty. She's like conventionally more attractive than she is, but I feel like she is so unnecessarily mean to Dina because it's not really Dina's fault. Yeah, right I now. would agree with that. Effie is kind of a bitch yeah. sometimes, and I'm like, and she it's because she feels threatened. Yeah, like, like yeah, and I understand that, and I have like people in my life who. I recognize, like, when they feel threatened, they become mean. It's, and so, it's like, yeah. I have to not be like, that's my fault. It's like, no, they're feeling something and, and they're reacting to it. It's also the fact that nobody had her back in this moment. Yeah, and they were all like... Oh. It's okay. Like, they, it wasn't like, oh, you're pretty too. It's just like, it's okay. That's just how it is. They're goes, like, you know? yeah, we're pretty and you're not. Yeah, and then they were like, it's Why okay because we're family. Um, I don't know. It's just, it breaks my heart that they put her in the back. Just, like, they put her in the background. Not because she's not a great singer, but she's like, I will give her the fact that she is the best singer in the group. Mm-hmm. It's just because she's not conventionally attractive. And it's so sad. And, and as like a plus size person, yeah. it's really ouchy to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's like a visual like demonstration of how it feels sometimes, you know? Yeah. Just... I, I really like Family, actually. I do, too. I think it's a good song i think it's a great song i just hate watching it in the context of the show yeah i think i don't know i kind of feel like what it feels like is they're parading and being like validating her feelings yeah while also being like but we're still gonna do what we want to do do and it's like we're family and it's trying to be like let's just hush yeah like let's just hush what she's feeling right now and like like oh i'm so sorry you feel that way we're family and then continue to like yeah give her the shaft um, yeah. You have more thoughts about that? I just feel really bad for Effie. This whole, this whole number. Rip Effie. I just feel bad for her. Me too. But after that, we go into their debut as their own group with the titular song, Dream Girls. What do you think about Dream Girls? I freaking love Dream Girls. It's, Are you a dream it, it's so good. Beyonce, I, I, I know we just talked about Beyonce being moved to lead, even though she's like, not the stronger singer, but she eats this up. I was like, her performance quality yeah. is very good. And also, and it's like, not even she's a bad singer. Yeah, they're just so different. They're just so different. You can't compare them. And I, I'm like, it makes me like mad that people say that she's not a great voice, but she's played by Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's like, it just like it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I she's she's great. She's great. She's it's just she's good. not Effie. But I love this number and Dina's little choreography that she does by herself. <laughs> it is. It is so good. Mm-hmm. I love this number. Also, I kind of love the I love the I love the dresses in this one. The fits. Which ones are they wearing in this one? It's the silver ones with the blue. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes, I do enjoy this one. I Those love are good these costumes. Um, I I wish I could see this song with um Effie as the lead because mm-hmm. like Beyonce does a great job, but I think it would be like uh, such a different vibe, and the power is kind of taken yeah. out of the act. But it's more like. I also, yeah. Feminine, probably, yeah. this way. 
I do. Whatever femininity is, you know. I, I, uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> I also, I don't think I'd want to see Effie as lead in this one. Just because. Really? I just want to. Yeah. I don't know if I'd prefer it. I just want to see it. I, I think I'd want to see it, but I don't think it would work as well just because the style is different from what I would agree. Um, but the lighting design for this song it's, again, it's the so, like, oh, the lighting in this movie so is so good. And I remember one of the facts, I didn't put this in the episode, but like one of the facts is like some of the lights they use in this movie like didn't exist at the time. Like the, the ones where they just have the big spotlights behind them, those didn't exist. Yeah. So... Not very historically accurate on that one, but it's excellent, but it's so I don't so. really care. Um, Dream Girls, the song, goes to the top of the charts, and the dreams become a sensation. Mm-hmm. And all the attention is put on Dina, and Effie is really hurt. And as an attention whore myself, I can say I felt that way. It's really hard sometimes. But then they cut to the girls in the recording studio, mm-hmm. and Curtis gets after Effie for being too loud. And I'm not trying to get metaphorical about this, but I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. And again, if anyone ever tells you you're too much of anything, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Because people... Are stupid. I said. <laughs> my note says, so many people in the world will try to quiet you and tone you down and say you're too much. But as Dolly Parton says, it is hard to be a diamond in a rhinestone world. Period. Okay. And you are not too much, I promise you. And if anyone ever tells you that, they are not your friend. And they yeah. do not support you. And you should not listen to them. But Effie retaliates by singing as loud as she possibly can and then storming out yeah. of the studio, claiming that Curtis and Dina are sleeping together, which I think they are. So. Yeah. And then when Effie walks out, she walks outside into a literal riot because yeah. I would it's a race riot, correct? Yeah, I think so. It's going on in Detroit at the time. And then I don't know if that's like metaphorical or whatever it's supposed to be, but then she goes back to the group because she's like afraid. And then they sing Heavy Heavy on the set of a music video where Effie storms out again. Do you have any thoughts? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, since we're on this, since we're on this topic, I keep backtracking. Go for it. But I know, I know you said you like some of Effie's fits, but I personally hated some of them. Oh, I haven't gone to the ones I hated yet. This is, this is around the time when I started hating them. I have, I think in the future. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, this is when you can tell that they just... I don't know if it's the point of the movie to dress her like this because I don't think Effie would dress herself this way. Yeah. As a character. Or if it's just the costume designers. But I just feel like it, they look like they don't know how to dress plus size people. I would agree. It's always like... I... She looks very matronly. I always say, like... So I watched Disenchanted this yeah. week. It came out yesterday. And Maya Rudolph's costumes... Whoever's costuming her must be costuming Tyra Banks on Dancing with the Stars because they do not know how to dress plus size women... They accentuate the largest parts of their bodies. Yeah. And like, it's so, it's bad. They're yeah. ugly clothes. It They're makes just, me so just, angry. Yeah, it made, it makes me mad. I'm just like, I just like, I literally ranted about this in my notes for like half a page. It was just like, they just dress her in the most atrocious costumes. And like, they never have dressed a plus size person in their life. Which, I, that might be on purpose. But, but it's, but it's totally possible. Yeah. They literally haven't. Yeah. I don't know. It's. Also, I relate to Effie blasting the Harveys and Heavy Heavies so hard. For real. I'm like, I feel like I've If done anyone that ever told thing. me to be quiet, oh, you know I'm saying Oh, it's louder. like when people piss me off and they're like, or I like don't get a solo and so I'll sing louder than like everyone else and I'll just glare at the person. I've done it multiple times. Here's my... I hate Heavy Heavy. I really hate it. 
Interesting. Why? I just, I just can't, I just, I feel like I put myself in Effie's shoes in this moment. I just can't imagine singing this song and like, they're like purposely looking at her. Like people are like looking at her and like you can see the camera angles like pointing at her, but they won't point at her face. It's like pointed in her midsection and then they they pan back to Dina. I just, I just feel like I hate this number because I hate that Effie had to go through this Mm -hmm. in this moment. I would agree. So I'm reading through my notes now, and it says, up until this point, I've been Team Effie, but it's kind of getting redundant and performative because she always comes back. (laughs) (laughs) So it is this one, too. You and I are on the same page. And I said, I also don't care for the fact that Effie turns on Dina because of Curtis when she's like, you two are sleeping together. Girls supporting girls. And that's not what that was. Um... But now the act kind of is just Dina and Laurel, and then Effie comes back waltzing again to find out she's been replaced. Bum, bum, For real. And then before I get to the next song, did the doctor's office scene, was that when she finds out she's yeah. pregnant? Okay. Yeah. When I first watched it, I thought that meant she got an abortion because she's like, I'm feeling much better now. And I'm like, did you just get an abortion? Interesting. I honestly, that would have been powerful. Gotta yeah. say. Although it was six, I don't know how readily available that was at the doctor's office. At a doctor's office, probably not. <laughs> Especially for a woman yeah. of color, absolutely Especially not. Not in Florida. Were they in Florida? They were in Florida. I, they were still, oh, they yeah. were still Heck in Florida. No. no. I should have used context clues on that. Yeah. No, but it then. Was, <laughs> yep, it was just her finding out she was pregnant. Yeah. I didn't recognize that the first time through. But then we get into It's All Over. What are your thoughts on this song? I hate Curtis so much. Like, I get that Effie, like, wasn't the best to work with because she was late and, like, all like that. But she didn't deserve to get dogpiled like that. Yeah, she's a diva, but it's the fact that they all dogpiled, dogpiled onto her. Yeah. And, like, like nobody like nobody had her back in family, but everyone was on her back yeah, on this one. Yeah, I would agree. And it's just, I don't know. Watching this one makes me feel helpless. Really? Like, yeah. Like, I just feel like... I just feel like I've been in this situation before where, like, people are, like, yelling Everyone, like, piles on. Yeah. No, I've been there. And it just it just makes me feel so helpless. And, like, I feel so bad for her. She does eat it up, though. Yeah. For real, she does. Yeah. But um, look at me. Look at me. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Honestly, this is one of my favorites from Thing because I love a good fight. I do, too. I love a good fight. And they all kill their performance. And it shows, for the first time, I feel like we get strength from every single character. Yeah. Like, everyone's like, no, we're done. We're done with this yeah. attitude and behavior. Instead of just being like, okay, like, it's, they're done. It's also, like, the first time you get to see, like, a little bit of out of character in the vocal lines. Mm-hmm. Because this is, like, up to this point, Beyonce's been very, like, ho- holding smooth back a little bit. smoothing. And... But at this point, you hear her actually start, like, belting. Yeah. And I'm like, because you know Beyonce can do that. Because it's like, like, she does it all she's the time. She's Beyonce. <laughs> but it's like, it's it's like at this point, they finally let her, like, let loose a little bit. Exactly. And it's just, it is like everyone She fully, finally, like, takes yeah, reins of the group. Everyone's finally giving, like, 100% in this number. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they go back into character a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I love this one. Yeah. And then we get to the iconic number to end all numbers. And I'm telling you, I'm not going. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I feel like I've been going first. I'll let you go first. Okay. This song is so freaking good. Period. And you cannot tell me it's not, and I will never get over it. I, again, like, I watched the Glee version of this a few days ago <laughs> in preparation for this episode, and Miss Amber Riley killed it. Yeah. And it holds up. It holds up. 
after listening to this song, I'm just so, like, I'm in awe that there are people this talented on the planet, yeah. like, walking among us. That is crazy. There's so much emotional power behind the scene. You can tell that Jennifer Hudson really spent some time to become her character and get to know her character. Like, the character work there is insane. And it's just, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. What are your thoughts? So, I got really philosophical with this one. I love it. We I love... went for, like... What is the true meaning of this with this kind of thing? And my okay, first of all, this is such a classic. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer, excuse my language, Jennifer sings the hell out of this. She does. It's so. It good. is so good. And I'm like, again, Effie deserved better. Did she put this on herself? Maybe probably, a but maybe a little bit. But I'll forgive my girl Effie for everything. But I feel like I felt helpless before, but this one I feel desperate watching it. I, I feel like she. This is like. This is like her last stand. It feels like she's giving it her all, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's just so, it's just po- so poetic. This is part where I get really philosophical and really sappy. I wrote, it's so poetic that she finally got her soul that she wanted, but she's, uh, she's like actually alone. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, this is the seasoned version of Rose's turn. No, so you like are Ro- so. It's like Rose's turn, but with a little bit of spice. I love Rose's turn. Rose's turn makes me feel so empowered, unlike any song I've ever known. Yeah. Oh, that song is so good. so good. You guys, stop listening, right? Pause. Go listen to, and I'm telling you I'm not going, and then come back. And yeah, it is, it, it is so good. It's very good. She sings, she sings. Jennifer just, Hudson, man. This is, I, I'm convinced this is what won her the Academy Award. This song. I'm, duh. This song won her the Academy Award. It's so good. I also have beef with that, but we're not going to talk about it. We can talk about it later. <laughs> so after that, we flash forward in time after the dreams have made it even bigger without Effie and completely like have marketed Effie out of the group's yeah. history. Like she de- never existed. And the salt in the wound is that Dina and Curtis got married and they're like super mega rich now. Yeah. And then there's, but there's trouble in paradise because Dina feels really misunderstood by Curtis. And then we hear when I first saw you, what are your thoughts? It makes me irrationally, irrationally angry. He's literally just like, it's sweet. It's a sweet little song, but it reminds me of like how much he like played Dina and Effie at the same time. You are like reading my mind right now. It's, I just think we're both very anti Curtis. (laughs) Oh, you anti man, absolutely. (laughs) But I personally think Curtis is a big fat liar. Yeah. And he's saying, like, oh, the first time I saw you, I fell in love with you fully when that's not true. Mm-hmm. And it makes you think, did he love either of them? I don't think so. I think he was like, whichever one will get with me first. Yeah, whichever one will make me more money. More money. Exactly. For real. And I think he should respect Dina's boundaries and goals when it comes to her career, and he doesn't. And I don't appreciate that. Like, she doesn't want to do the Cleopatra movie, and he's like, you should do it. You need to yeah. do it. And so, but Beyonce is literally so gorgeous in this scene. She's, she's such a sunner. Like, she's gorgeous. I will say, I think, is it the song where they're like, Yes. Yeah. And she's like, I, I want to have your baby. Yeah, that line I'm makes like, me a little uncomfortable. What? Sorry, but let like, me. <laughs> I'm all for women female empowerment. If I know. That, if that's like something you want to do, go for it. Go it just made me it. a little But here's the deal. It doesn't feel like female empowerment because he's just like, I treat you like garbage, but it's fine because the first time I saw you, I fell in love with yeah. you. And I'm like, and she's no. Like, I want to have your, your baby. I want to have your baby. It's the, I don't want, it's the, it's the fact that, it's the way it's phrased makes me uncomfortable. It's not like, I want to have, 
Like, let's have a baby. I want to have your your baby. Uh Uh-uh. That's your baby too, Miss Girl. That's actually probably 60% your baby. (laughs) 40% his. Mm, I don't know. I I don't like this song. I think I would like it more if it wasn't Curtis. (laughs) Yeah, except Jamie Foxx is a fox. Jamie Foxx is a fox. Jamie Foxx is a fox. But after that, we see how life has been treating Effie and find out that she is unemployed and on welfare and she has a daughter who is Curtis's daughter. At the time, I did not know that was like mm-hmm. 100% true, but now I do. Yeah. So she has magic as her daughter and that is Curtis's child. And then we hear patience. And while we see the gaping discrepancies between Effie's life and everyone else who made it big... But the song shares a message about finding strength when the country is so torn apart and Curtis won't let them release mm-hmm. the song. What are your thoughts? I love a good the gospel number. Mm-hmm. Me too. I, uh, me say. <laughs> me say. The gospel chorus. The gospel chorus in the song is awesome. <laughs> I, I love a good gospel number. But I... I also really, really like the editing in this scene. Mm-hmm. I like the way that it's layered over Effie's struggling, like mm-hmm. struggle. You know, I don't. I also the dichotomy. The, yeah, I think. I just I think it's a great song with the great message. It's a little like when you listen to the soundtrack without watching the movie and you listen to all of them. Mm-hmm. This one's very out of place. I would agree. But it's great within the context of the film. I would agree with that. I, I after hearing it, I kind of was like, "What is his deal? Like yeah. about not letting them release it? Is it really doesn't say like that much? You know? Yeah. I felt like, I mean, with context it does, but like it's just like a song, you know? Yeah. But then we really see how big of a cocaine problem that Jimmy has, which is really really sad. Yeah. I drugs are so bad, guys. Don't do drugs. I thought it was. Is it not coke? I thought it was heroin. Oh well, I don't know my drugs very well, so. Because he started rolling up his sleeve. Oh, yeah, I don't know my drugs that well. It's white powder, so I go, that's cocaine. Well, so it's heroin. I think it's heroin. Don't do heroin either. I thought you had to shoot up heroin, though. Yeah, but you, you like, melt it. Oh, yeah, you do. Okay. He was rolling up his sleeve, so I just assumed that's what he was doing. Because, like, why would you roll up your sleeve to do coke? Unless you're doing the lines. So you don't get coke on you, (laughs) Unless you're doing the lines on your arm. Weird. I feel like this, yeah. So don't do drugs, guys. Don't do drugs. I'm literally so scared of drugs. Um, but Effie goes back to Marty to find work as a singer because she's like, I can't do anything else. Like, this is my, my calling in life is to sing. And so she gets an interview and an audition to sing in a bar. And unfortunately, Effie is like still super hard to work with. Like, she has not grown out of her diva behavior. But then she sings, I am changing for the owner. And I think this is a gorgeous song. And Jennifer Hudson, of course, does a great job with it. So, of course, she gets the job. And do you have any thoughts on that song? I love this song. Um, I feel like this is the antithesis of And I Am Telling You. Because mm-hmm. this is her going... Like, this is kind of her, like, accepting the fact that she's kind of been a little too stubborn. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she's, like, accepting the fact that she's wrong, mm-hmm. you know? And she's, like, finally becoming what she should have been all those years ago. Like... I don't. This is this is just a great one. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I love it. Yeah. 
And then after this, we're taking to like a TV special with all the people that Curtis like manages. Jackson 5. And I said, <laughs> I think we see the fictional version of the Jackson that 5. That is 100% the Jackson 5. That is 5. the Jackson 5. Who Every are time I see it, I'm like, that is That's Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Um, who are performing for Jimmy. And then this is like, I didn't realize how much time had passed since the start of the movie, but it's been 10 years since yeah. the movie began. And then Jimmy starts singing I Meant You No Harm and was doing an impeccable job with the song until he switches it up and starts rapping, which I am less obsessed with. What are your thoughts on that okay. Um I'm going to backtrack a little bit because this will lead into it um, later conversation. <laughs> um, I can't believe Laura was content with just being the mistress for that long. I know. I'm like, girl. I'm like, I, I could never do that. I feel like I would cry myself to sleep every night. I... I agree. I literally could not. I'm like... She needed to raise her standards a little bit. She did. I, All I, women I, should raise their standards. Yeah. All women, raise your standards. Raise your standards. Because the bar is in hell, and men aren't even reaching it. I don't... I just... I'm like, how could how could she do that to herself for so long? Anyways, that's just... That's that. I'm not... This is where we differ. I'm not a fan of the first part. Oh, I like... I, I like it as a song. I don't like that Jimmy sings it. I'm not a fan of the first part. No, and I also don't like the fact that he's like you can obviously tell that his wife can obviously tell that he's singing to someone backstage. Yeah, I was like, you're doing a really bad. Yeah, job. Yeah, you're doing a really bad job. Like, well, he's also secret. very drugged up. Like he's way. high off his rocker. Yeah, but I, this is where we're different because I love the second part. You like the rapping? I love Ew. it. I love. Ooh. It's just. It's so. I don't know. It's feel like okay. I feel like in this point in the film, they're all on such a tight leash, and they're mm-hmm. all like being so careful around Curtis. But this is the point where Jimmy's like, "I don't I'm care," and he just kind of goes off. Do I like that he strips? I was like, he literally gets naked on stage. Do I like that he gets naked on stage? Not necessarily, but I love, I love, I love the feel of the second part. Mm-hmm. And Curtis isn't Curtis. I hate Curtis. This is my five hundredth time saying that I hate Curtis. Yeah. Um. But Laurel, like, leaving Jimmy is honestly a sleigh. Like, she... We've all been there. Where we're, like, in love with someone who, like, does not treat us right. And I just am proud of Laurel for having some self-respect. And doing what is best for her, even though it goes against, like, how she feels at the time. And I'm like, I wish I could do that. I I love this short little song. Mm -hmm. It's like, I... (laughs) It's like... If I had to audition with a 16-bar cut and it fit this. my character type, I would do that. This. Because, like, ugh. I love that she's finally putting herself first. Me too. Me too. And then we get this really ominous shot of Jimmy. And at the time, I was like, what is this? What does that mean? But we will get to that later. Um, And then we cut to a meeting with some movie producers and with Dina. And one of the movie producers is John Krasinski. Yeah. It's Jim from The Office. Um, and the other guy is the guy who plays Barney's dad in How I Met Your Mother, for any of my How I Met Your Mother stands in the in the podcast. But she's meeting with them behind Curtis's back because Dina feels like Curtis doesn't care about what she wants for her career or for her life or anything. Yeah. And she feels very controlled. And, yeah. Do you have any thoughts? I, I love and hate this part. Mm-hmm. I love it because she's like trying to finally make like pull take herself control. and take control and like become her own woman, and I think it's great. But I hate the fact that she has to do it in the first place. Yeah, it's really upsetting. It's the fact that she has to go behind Curtis's back. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's really yeah. Curtis sucks. Curtis sucks. Emphasize again. <laughs> Allie emphasized Curtis sucks. <laughs> 
Um, and then after that, Jimmy OD'd, which is very sad. And Laurel is very, very sad. And that's just sad to watch. And I reiterate, drugs are bad. Anika's performance in this, in this scene. <sighs> I'm like, that's Oscar award. That. The like yell like the scream i'm like girl it is it's not like just even the scream it's like everything mm -hmm. that she does it is like at that point i feel like sometimes i feel like sometimes in this movie especially because they're all such big names it's hard to see the characters sometimes and mm -hmm. you just see them but at this point i don't i like i feel like i'm actually like seeing laurel you know yeah like it's just a such a visceral moment I it's so sad. I and it's 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 about she like decided to leave him. Like how do you think do you think she might have blamed herself a little bit? I'm sure she did. Everyone does. Yeah. It's also like she didn't get to go to the funeral. Like yeah. like I also wouldn't invite like I feel like if I was in the position that um Jimmy's wife was in, I don't think I would invite the other person. Oh, I wouldn't know? invite the other woman. But like also I feel bad for Laurel, you know? Yeah. But at this point, we really start to see Curtis's true colors and that he really cares more about his self-interest than we, he does about his friends and family. And Cece comes back to Effie after he gets, like, dejected by Curtis. And she doesn't want to see him, but then they all pull up to Jimmy's wake. And then after that, Effie sings Cece's new song, One Night Only, followed by Dina singing One Night Only, but... A different more upbeat rendition what are your thoughts on these two or this okay I'm, I'm gonna do this scene real quick as a whole i seen effie run from cc is like it like hurts it does like that's her little brother yeah and he like he hurt her like so bad mm -hmm. that she's like scared to talk to him mm -hmm. and then when they have their little like hold me number where they sing to each other that part like i i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest this this like 30 minute increment of the film is the part that makes me cry like it's every sad. single time. It is so sad. And then one night only, um, it's just like Evie finally getting her big shot. And then seeing her like like seeing her daughter smile when she sings the song. No. When she hears like it. the song on the radio. Oh that part. Touches your heart. Seeing I, her mom achieve her dreams. Yeah. Ooh. Especially Ooh. Oh, it's just it's like you know magic like this is like spent her, her like like for her whole, whole life she's probably seen her mom she's been seeing her mom struggle and to mm -hmm. finally see her like her doing what get, she loves doing what she loves yeah that part really the part really gets me yeah. it's like the fact that magic has like no spoken lines yeah but the little things that she does like, like the little actress. moments she is great like the little like the smile when she sees her mom and then at the when we'll talk about it but I know it, I'm like it ugh. is it is so good. And she just so good with the song. Mm-hmm. Um I really like both versions of the songs. I I like the contrast of them right next to each other and the makeup and the costuming for Dana's version. I yeah. really, really like and it's yeah. immaculate and the lighting is gorge and mm -hmm. there's good choreography. I hate Curtis so much in this moment that he knows he is doing exactly to them to to Effie what that other the when they did Cadillac car exactly what they did to them and he really? it just it's sickening. I also really I really like Dina's version like a lot and that makes me so upset mm -hmm. because I know like I know it's like. 
I wish most of her Effie's because it's like the original one and they stole it from her. But Beyonce really does a good she job. She kind of eats it up. So she kind of does eat it up. But I hate Curtis again. Mm-hmm. Curtis is a snake. Literally, I hate him. Yeah. And on that same note, after this, Curtis reveals that he knew about the the movie mm-hmm. meeting, and he's not happy. And honestly, this man is toxic AF. When he tells her that he owns her, I know he uses fear tactics and power dynamics to like coerce her into doing what he wants, and like in their relationship, which is so uncool. Yeah, that let is it so be known, uncool. any man that refers to himself in the third person. It's probably a red flag. Yeah, definitely. When he goes, you belong to Curtis or whatever. That's what? disgusting. That is awful. It's disgusting. But then Dina sings, listen, <sighs> bestie. I am obsessed with this song. Yeah. Like, again, I watched this for the first time this week. And I'm watching this and I'm like, this it's- song is changing my life actively. I think it's my new anthem. It's really about how women at this time didn't have any power in yeah. their relationships, in the workplace, and anything. Yeah. And especially with such strong power dynamics in their relationship, yeah. her and Curtis, I love women's empowerment. Beyonce's Ooh. performance is nothing short of incredible. And I love to see women coming together in times of hardship. Hashtag <laughs> Dina and Evie forever. Period. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, this is straight up a bop. Like, this is Dina's and I am changing moment, you know? It's so good. She, it's just, it's the fact that she sings it so well. Mm -hmm. And Beyonce knows how well she sings it. Because not only was this released with the soundtrack, Beyonce put it on one of her, uh, on her album. I can't remember which album it is. She did? I didn't know that. It's on her album. Hold on, let me check real quick. But I, I remember the first time I listened to this album just because, you know, I am a little young. Uh Uh-huh. And so I didn't, like, I grew up with Beyonce, but I wasn't, like, there when her first album dropped. I think it's her second album. Um, just so yeah, it's on B-Day Del- Birthday Deluxe Edition. It is on here. Girl. It is like the... Th- yeah. Listen from the motion picture, Dream Girls. It's the fact that she knows she ate it up so hard she that she put it on her so album. so good. And her in the scene is so pretty with her hair and her... Oh, and her makeup yeah. is so simple and I love it. And it's just... It's... It's like... She just she sings it so well, and the moment that it's placed in, where it's her recon- reconciling with like Effie, mm-hmm. and she's like trying to actively right the wrongs that Curtis did. Yeah, and like she realizes that Curtis like really yeah. put this wedge between the two of them. Yeah. And I saw this TikTok this week about this woman. Okay, this daughter made a TikTok about her mom. Yeah, and how her mom's going through this like terrible divorce because yeah. her dad cheated on her mom. And she was like, but what my mom has taught me in my life is how important that female friendships are in your life. Yeah. And I was like, period. This part of the movie really like emphasizes that. And I hold this true in all my relationships. My relationships with my friends, especially my friends who are women, are so deeply important to me. I would do anything for them. I mm-hmm. truly would. Like, it. we always joke, like, my friends and I, with when boys are there, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be at the wedding, but we don't know if you will. And so, like, that's the whole thing is it's, like, at the end of the day, I feel like those friendships are really one of the most Mm -hmm. important things. Like, almost equally important as, like, marriage. And so, I just, like, want to emphasize how important your friendships are. Take care of them, okay? Never let a man drive a wedge between your, your friendships. Yeah. Trust me, as someone who has experienced this. Do not. <laughs> Someone who's also experienced it, don't do it. Don't do it, guys. But also, don't don't be the person with the man who drives. That's what car. I'm saying. I like. Oh, like can it, you it not goes, see? It, Are you so blinded? It goes both ways. Like 
you like you may be in love. But like, but oh, like, are you actually in love? We need to. Ha- we have this joke. So I have these friends that are married, and anytime I hang out with mm-hmm. my friend, my mom goes, "Oh, like I didn't know they would be there." And I go, "Oh yeah, they actually kept their personalities after they got married." <laughs> and I'm like, that to me is like seriously so true. Where like people get married or like get into relationships, and then they just go off the deep end. Yeah, and they're they like, like, leave. They go like MIA. And then they break up or whatever, or they, maybe they don't. But like, and then they come crawling back and they expect you to like be there and support them. And of course I will be. Yeah. Because I love them. Yeah. And I know that like things are hard, but it's like, let's start in the first place, not being a bad friend and staying in those friendships. Yeah. Value your friendships. Y'all, friendships are so important. Period. Anyways, Curtis is a snake. Effie deserved better. Dina deserved better. Mm-hmm. And screw Curtis. <laughs> yeah. And so then all these guys show up and they tell him that they're going to sue Curtis because he took Effie's music and used it as his own. And they have like records of like money laundering or like all these random mm-hmm. crimes he has committed across the years. And Curtis, I said Curtis is a snake, point blank, period, is my note. Period. You and I are the same. This is really scary. Like, share one brain. Yes. <laughs> and then it says, then they got Effie her own record and Dina leaves Curtis, period. Yeah. Um, And then the Dream Girls are reunited. And then we get the Dream Girls farewell tour with the Dream Girls finale. What are your thoughts? Okay, I'm going to go back a little okay. bit. Just I, have to, <laughs> I have to touch on it. This is literally one of my favorite moments in the film. And I know I say that a lot. But when Effie goes up into Curtis's face and she's just like, she sings a little victory verse in his face. Period. I love it. That's the energy I want to bring into my life. When when she's like, when she like just goes up and she just sings in his face and it's like, it, it I love it. And also, Dina just standing up for herself mm-hmm. is like, and after, her friends yeah, and- after having to be like docile the whole movie is like such a beautiful moment. It is. Women finding their freaking empowerment. That is my shit. I love that stuff. I love it. It is so good. And then, okay, I'm going to touch on her. I like split them up because mm-hmm. um, because I love to. Um, hard to say goodbye. I wrote, I love a three-part harmony. Yes. Beyonce looks so good. And, and Laurel on Soprano is so good. And then when when Effie comes out on stage, oh my gosh! Change my brain chemistry. Yeah, when they were like, they were actually four, and then the audience goes crazy. What an and iconic then, moment! And then Effie comes out, and they start singing the finale, and then putting Effie back into the mix and establishing a four part harmony is so good. So good. It's so good, and it's just like finally seeing Effie like be recognized for the fact that she was in fact part of this group, and mm-hmm. Curtis actively erased her from it. Effie erasure. Effie erasure. Period. But, like, it is so... It's such a good full circle moment to see Mm -hmm. that, like, they realized in the end that maybe Effie wasn't as big of a diva as they thought it out to be. And it was was, Curtis. And they criminalized her. Yeah, and it was Curtis basically pushing her to that point. Also, magic crying. That's my note. That's my note. That's my note. It says... So, it's hard to say goodbye the song Loki gives off the vibes of like the final number of like a high school choir concert at the end of the year. Your senior year. <laughs> no, literally. And so it says, like, I wouldn't put it past any high school like women's choir from like performing this at their last song and then like crying on K. So quick sidebar. <laughs> so my junior year of high school, I was in the like women's they call it's like the women's show choir is what they call yeah. it, but it was just like the advanced women's choir. 
And at the end, every year they sing the same thing of how can I keep from singing? And it's really very sweet. But then we like all sat down and we were messes. We were like sobbing. And I was like, what? I mean, I still ride those epic highs and lows of emotion, but like the energy of like a farewell song, so intense. Yeah. And so, and then I say, no, they bring Effie on stage. I'm going to (laughs) cry. So good. And then we get a second rendition of the Dreamgirls finale that's much slower and more sentimental and features Effie more heavily. And it is very beautiful. It is so good. And then the movie ends with Curtis discovering that his daughter is magic. And we see magic cry as she watches her mother fulfill her dreams. And it is such a beautiful ending. It makes you weak. I'm like, because she doesn't have a care in the world other than the fact that her mom is doing what she loves. And she has seen such a life of struggle. Yeah. And here's the thing. You know magic saw her mom struggle. And it's just like, you just see her just being like genuinely happy for her mom. And it just just breaks my heart. It kills you. It is... It is so good. I, I just, I love this. What a great ending. I, it is a great ending. Do you have any final thoughts on the movie besides that? I just... Curtis is a snake. I Curtis is a snake. This was, I really do think this movie was perfectly cast. I agree. Like, seriously, the three women couldn't have picked him better yeah. myself. And picked. Like, I hated Jamie Foxx in this movie. But he's cast so well. He is cast so I, well. I love Jamie Foxx though. Curtis I, is a butthead, but, is a butthead Jamie but Jamie Foxx Fox Like it. I'm, I know I was like ragging on Eddie Murphy for a little bit, but I do genuinely think Eddie Murphy was Eddie Murphy was such a good pick for this movie. No, for real. I'm like someone to play a skis. Hmm, Eddie Murphy, good choice. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm glad Usher didn't get the part. Me too. I like the actor that played Cece. I, I would agree. I would agree with that. So magic. That I, that I don't know who the actor's name is, but that girl that played Magic, she ate it up. She did. Over I was like, non- those tears. Those tears, so good. Wow, must be making big, big money as a child actor yeah, in 2006. Sure. Okay. You ready for the Tony Awards? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Would this be the Oscars, since this is a movie musical? No. Because <laughs> I want it to be the Tony Awards. Okay. Who is your best actor? Okay. And it's pretty obvious. It's Jennifer Hudson. And I have a little bit of beef with this. Uh-huh. Because I think Jennifer Hudson carried this movie on her back. Mm-hmm. But she should have been nominated for Best Actress and not Supporting Actress. They nominated her as Best Supporting? Yeah, because the movie pushed her as Supporting. Because this is... Okay, I love Beyonce, but this is such a real-life dream girls moment. That oh. they pushed Beyonce harder than they pushed... Because Beyonce was Jennifer. more famous. Yeah. But Jennifer won the That's Oscar a bunch of BS. But I really do think this She's... is such a strong breakout performance from Jennifer. I Hudson. would agree. I would agree. Anyways, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's justice least... for Jennifer. Yeah. So my best actor is Beyonce because I was like, he's gonna pick Jennifer. <laughs> so so you're gonna I'm gonna be Beyonce. not like other girls, and I'm gonna pick Beyonce. She does a good job, though. Just because I think she does a really good job, considering she is a singer and not an actress. Yeah. I mean, Jennifer Hudson is too, but like she has done more in the acting world since then mm-hmm. than Beyonce has, yeah. and I think Beyonce just did a really good job with yeah. it. So, what is your best solo number? Okay, so this one is this one like this one's not very popular opinion, Ooh. but it's listen. Okay, that is a good one. That was my gentleman's tip of the hat. That's good. I I know I should love and I am telling you the most. And I really do. I love and I am telling you. But there's just something about listen. Maybe it's the fact that it's Beyonce and I'm a Beyonce fan. Yeah. Hashtag beehive. 
But I, I also love that it's such a pivotal moment in the film. I would agree. And I just think everything works together to make this such a good moment. And it's like, if I'm listening to Dreamgirls, like, all the way through, like, I'll do it, like, once a month. I'll listen to all mm-hmm. the Dreamgirls. I'll always end up putting, like, going into the little, like, playback setting uh-huh. on Apple Music. And mm-hmm. I'll hit, and I'll hit the put on repeat button just for, for this song mm-hmm. like it's without fail it always happens it's because it's really good it so good Beyonce... i almost picked that you and i ek we have the yeah, same notes and then we, really we came do. together to like choose different ones i guess we'll see um because and i'm telling you i'm not going was my best yeah. song just because like you have to you know you have to. and so i'm glad you went with a different choice but i that was my second yeah. choice so just because it's so good think... and that was my introduction to dream girls yeah. so i but... just really and the scene and like the character work in the scene is very very good. That that song alone won Jennifer Hudson the Ox the Oscar. I'm convinced it's so good. Okay, your best duet slash small group number. Okay, I don't know if you're gonna if you consider this it, but this is this is what I picked. Um, the first Dreamgirls. Okay. I just think it's perfect. It's like the cute little re- recurring motif and the choreography. It just has it all. It's just so it's so fun. I love it. That's like, good. I love it. Very nice. I picked Fake Your Way to the Top because I just love their vocals in it. Mm-hmm. I think it's so good. I actually really like Eddie Murphy's voice on it. So I'm going to say that one's a win. Okay. What is your best large group number? Also, the difference between small group and large group in this movie is it's very, very, very small. small. So um, this one is very small, but it went from three to five. Yeah. Because there's not really an ensemble in this show. Yeah. Like you'll have like. Like you have the one that has the dance in it. But like. But like other than that, it's, it's just like. Mostly just the five of them. So I picked um, It's All Over. Okay. Yeah. Um, As my. And I said That's it might be good. cheating. Since I like it's only it. five people, but also this show is such an ensemble show mm-hmm. that it's it's hard to really see di- like dif- the dif- difference between, between large a small and group small. and a large group. I agree. But I just I like I, I mean I already touched a little bit on this earlier. I love it's all over because it's everyone giving their one hundred percent. I would agree. Like it's everyone giving it their all. They their characters really shine yeah, in that they song. Really do. I do like it. And I just I think it's great. Like I think it's perfect. And I, th- I think this is, like, a masterpiece in composition. I would agree. I think it's Like, incredible. this is a masterpiece in writing. Writing, not writing. Like, the difference between writing a song for the characters and writing the characters for the song, you know? Yeah, I would like, agree Like, this that. song is perfectly written for the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, they had in mind who the characters were before they composed this song. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mine is going to be a hot take. Mine's going to be Family. Because I almost I, picked that one. Oh my gosh. I almost did. Because I think the song itself is really good. Like, out of context, I think it's a good song. And I, I, and I like something about the way they staged it or filmed mm-hmm. it or whatever, where it's like the white background and then they're like, what are those things called? Silhouettes. Yeah. And the like, it's very minimal. And I really enjoy that. And it's very artistic, which I like. What's your best dance number? We might have the same one. Probably. Wait, no, we probably don't. What's yours? When I only Dina's No, it's not. Okay. It's not? No. Okay, that's so good. I love the I love the dancing in this one. It's like it's just it's just it's camp. I would agree. It's very good. It's it's like it's Dina's choreography 
and then it's all it's like one of those dance one of those numbers where they actually have an ensemble mm-hmm. and it's like the dancing with the ensemble it's just it's so good mm-hmm. i i do really enjoy that one i'm glad we have different ones my best dance number is move right out of my life move right out of my life it's very good i think the choreography is fun because it's like they're starting out. It's like new choreography. Yeah. It's like approachable choreography. Like me and my friends could do it. Like we yeah. could make a TikTok of it. I yeah. think it's fun. I think it's upbeat. And I think it's a great way to start the movie. So that was my pick. Okay. I can't believe we're done. Um, it's currently 1.12 in the morning. That didn't take as long as I yeah, thought it would. No, it wasn't bad. Time. I've had to pee for it's like an we hour. All had to, but... It's because we had the same notes. I was like, it's because we're the same person. It's because we're the so. same person. I thought we were going to have... I, I still think we had some great discourse about I agree. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you'd like to say? I just... There's, I told Ali this earlier, but I, I haven't said it yet. I I love the fact that it's like guaranteed that if you play Effie White, you're going to win an award. Yeah. Because Amber Riley won the Olivier for it on West End. And then the original one, Jennifer Holiday won the, the Tony Award the for Tony. it. And then mm-hmm. Jennifer Hudson got An won Oscar. the Oscar for it. It's just such a good role. You just gotta play Effie White, I guess. I mean, only if you're fit for the role, though. Yeah. Do not play it if you're not. <laughs> but, yeah. So, it's thank a great you. movie. Watch it. Go watch it right now. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Bye! Bye! Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at at Pierce. If you go to the link in my bio, you can apply to be a guest on the podcast because I'd love to have you on. Please share, like, rate, review, whatever to get the podcast out there. I love doing this for you guys and I hope you have an amazing week.